So what happened, Ron? Well, I just, the energy level, first of all, of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, I thought gave the Jazz some problems in that second quarter. The Jazz got outscored 26 to 18. But more importantly, they were two for 10 from the three-point line. Um, the fact that they just took away those weak side threes uh, and said at the top of the, when we, when our um, shoot-around report was turnovers was going to be the key. And they turned the basketball over in that second quarter quite Certainly a bit. Certainly did. We'll be interesting to see the Jazz, according to basketball reference, when the night started, had a 95% chance of being the one seed. Phoenix had a 4%, and the Clippers had a 1%. We'll be interesting to see how much that number swings tomorrow, and if the Nets, if the Suns were to beat the Nets, that number will swing dramatically. Tim Lacombe, Jake Scott joining us now. Tim, what'd you see? Well, I, I agree with Ron. I thought turnovers really defined the game. Um, you know, Minnesota, to their credit, did a great job of uh, disguising a little bit of, uh, you know, their coverages. They did a great job of, you know, causing the guy on the ball a terrific amount of trouble. And then the passes that have been there this year, they did a nice job of just kind of sitting on and running through, particularly you guys mentioned that corner pass. Um, but, it, you know, as you look at the numbers, Minnesota shoots 43% from the field and 23% from three, um, but they score easy basket after easy basket because the Jazz kept throwing them the ball. And to me, that's the, that's the nature of what happened tonight. 23 points off 20 turnovers, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is probably what happened tonight. And they were very, you know, again, I, I do think there was something to do with Minnesota, the way they were guarding, yeah. but... Uh, you know, it's the Jazz kind of found a window in that fourth quarter where they they had some success because they stopped turning it over, but you know some pivotal ones there at the end and and then once it weren't called, I couldn't believe the the call on the sideline. That was in, that was as crazy as I've seen. Ninety four and ninety three Minnesota's lead when that call was missed. I mean, I I feel like when you're the if you're going to be the number one seed, you probably shouldn't be relying on that call. Um, in fairness, but. 94-93, and Russell ends up making a 19-foot jump shot out of that play, I think. Unless that's where Russell misses and then they get to – so I, I, I apologize. I still don't know, actually, from the information I was given of what the end result of that play was. It should have been Jazz ball, but it very well may have been that the Jazz got a stop on that and then the Jazz missed a layup on the backside when, ta when Gobert missed the – I mean, the really, we can talk about that call. It was really, really bad. But the fact is the Jazz, Gobert misses a layup and Conley gets back-to-back good-look threes and doesn't make them. And that's actually the story of the night is that those three, you know, if you want to zero in on some possessions. Those and, and that would have given the Jazz the lead by one, wouldn't it, at that time where Rudy missed the yes. little. And it always feels as though against some of these teams that are not as used to winning that if you can get over the hump that it comes to an end, right? Great point. You know, everybody's talking about the odds or, or how fluky it is to lose, lose to this Minnesota Timberwolves team twice at home, and I get it, it, it is. But how, what are the odds of uh, the same of, uh, official not making it through two games with the Utah Jazz? That's that's pretty yeah. nuts, right? I, I don't know how often I've even seen that in my you years covering the league. You could see it in the first David made reference yeah, to yeah. Yeah. play of the game. It. Yeah. Like, it was actually hard to watch. Mm. Like, And I, I actually like noticeably turned my eyes away from it a few times after that. You know, 
it's interesting that he pulled it when he did. Like he didn't do a stoppage of play or anything like that. He just stopped play. So, well, I hope uh, he's okay. That's that's no good. And uh, man, just a tough night for the Jazz. Uh, Minnesota just turned them over, turned them over, caused all those issues. Is there an answer to this, Tim, or is or is uh, Mon- is Monday going to be a real tussle? I think Monday is going to be a tussle because I think Minnesota found some success. Um, that being said, I mean, the Jazz started this game so hot from three. I mean, it looked like they were just going to really go. Um, the adjustments or, or the execution kind of picked up in the second quarter, and you actually made mention of it. I can still hear the words echoing in my head. Donovan Mitchell, a couple of those possessions, he just takes them and scores it. And, you know, we probably don't get where it's, uh, it's dicey. So that's the part of this. A couple of these guys, you know, with Donovan out, have got to take it upon their shoulders to go get it done. We have been the benefactor of health all season. Like, in fact, I would make a, could make a pretty strong argument that the standings in the Western Conference are completely based on which teams have been the healthiest. Right? Phoenix has been very healthy. We've been very healthy. Um, so, you know what? We just kind of tasted what everybody else has dealt with. Right? They were healthy. They had their, all their guns coming at us tonight. We didn't. And we were missing one. But that's what most people have had almost all season long is missing one or two. So we got to find a way to still win despite that. That's right. All right, guys. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. <laughs> oh, yeah. All four hours or three hours or whatever. It enjoy is. your Sunday. Yeah, there you go. Enjoy your Sunday. You go skiing? Me? No, I've got a, a wife who's uh, due any moment. So, we're, so you think we're it would be a bad yeah. idea to be on a chairlift when you got the news? Yeah, when I got the call. Be like, no, that's probably not good. So you I'll that, be. You think that would be a bad idea? You got no guts. I'll be at home on red alert. Do you think you're? Do you think if you're on the t- on the tee box that that's okay? I already asked him that. Yeah, that's that's come up a couple times actually, and no, no, that's not good either. But if it doesn't happen, you're sitting there, dang, I could have been playing. I could have gone. Yeah, I could have been going. Oh, so, why don't you, why don't you get right. mad at her about that and see how that works no, out for no, you? No, no, I'm not going to do that. No, you know what? Why don't you say, like, what is wrong with you? Come on. I'm going to father I and husband of the golf. year. I'm supposed to be able to play. I work so hard during the week. This is my day to golf. Why don't you hurry up? I'm going to start having you, a conversation, man. Why don't you try to see how that works out, Jake? That's no, my advice for you. No, I think I'm going to let her uh, stay off her feet on a Sunday and in see what words, I can do. In other words, you want to get off that stuff. What are you talking about? You want her on her feet. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Although, is, is that an old wives' tale? We actually had this discussion I don't discussion know, but there's today. other old wives' tales we won't talk about on the air about this, and I think those are probably true. No, it's, right, let's suggest, hope so. Right, I suggest you go with those. We'll stuff. give it a try. Before I get lose my job, I'll <laughs> talk to you later. See you guys. 101-96 is your final Jazz fall tonight to Minnesota. We'll break it down coming up next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night postgame show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. 101-96 is your final Jazz ball at home to the Minnesota Timberwolves. The second loss at home this season to the T-Wolves. And actually, Tim, even though that uh, the first game was only the second game of the year, way back on December the 26th, actually, these two games very very much resembled each other. They did. And you got to credit Minnesota. I mean, they're really they're playing out the stretch. You know, their season's over. But they played great tonight. They played with a, a ton of aggressiveness, uh, both on the offensive end and the defensive end. I thought Anthony Edwards just solidified his case as being a guy who should be rookie of the year. He came in 
Um, you know, took it right at the Jazz, took it right to the Jazz, didn't really back down. And I thought their game plan was good. Um, they really did a good job of corralling the ball and understood that the Jazz wanted to draw and kick. So they kind of sat on those kick passes, did a nice job of intercepting them. And the Jazz just didn't get enough shots up. Uh, you know, they had a great first quarter. But turnovers are such a brutal thing, and then live ball turnovers are even worse. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. The Jazz scored 40 points in the first quarter and only 56 points for the rest of the game. And a huge part, I was just looking, unless I'm mistaken, I think they had two turnovers in the quarter. So everything kind of went downhill from there. Yeah, it it did. And, uh, you know, physical style that Minnesota was playing, I know uh, people are making a big deal about the refereeing situation, but – you know, the, the Billy Kennedy going out of this game and only having two referees, I, I felt did have an impact because Minnesota was able to play more, more their, aggressive. Yeah, more aggressive, more of kind of you, you could see what their game plan was coming in. And, uh, you know, they took advantage of the refereeing blind spot with only two. So I'm wondering, you know, I, and then I know it's probably impossible, but they've got a guy who's missed a game already or left a game. And they send, I don't know, I just wonder if there's a way you could have alternates or I, something. I mean, this, this seems so fluky to me, but it's happened twice with the same official this year, which is just weird. Right. Yeah. I it, don't know if they have alternates or what they could do, but I mean, it, it, listen, the jazz did not play well. No, they, they didn't. They, they, they had did, nothing to do with the Yeah. They did not deserve to win this one. There were all sorts of things that didn't go right. I mean, those, that run of turnovers uh, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, that might be in, have been as poorly as this Jazz team has played all year. I it mean, was it was hot potato. This is certainly not one of those ones that you, you can complain too loudly about the referees. But it did have an impact, I, I felt like. It did allow Minnesota to play the way that they were playing. That's where I think it made more of an impact than make, you know, the out-of-bounds call right. or miss. I just do – there's a blind spot for the officials. There's a spot that you know guys can get away with offensive rebounds, pushing in the back. You know, the hard part, Rudy had the one right under the basket where they ended up making up for it on the other end. But, you know, three guys are kind of raking at the ball trying to get it, um, and they foul Rudy a couple of times, no call. Again, that's that's that one's hard for me because the ball's the central point of somebody's gaze, right. and, you know, you're missing. So uh, that being said, you know, you can write this one completely up to those turnovers. Yep. All right, uh, with that, we will say good night to our network stations. Our next broadcast coming your way on Monday night against this very same Timberwolves team, this time in Minneapolis. That game will tip off at 6 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have some postgame sound for you. We'll continue to break this one down. Your final from Vivid Arena, Jazz fall to the Timberwolves 101-96 to right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night postgame show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. brought to you by Mark Miller's Subaru. Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Your final score, Timberwolves beat the Jazz tonight 101-96. to Let's get a look at your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Let's see here. Jazz shot 40% from the field tonight, 40% from three, 19 of 47. They were led by Boyan Bogdanovich, who had 30 points. Mike Conley had eight points and seven assists. He also uh, four steals for Mike. Jordan Clarkson with 15 coming in off the bench. Rudy Gobert had nine points, 17 rebounds. He also added a block shot. Nice nights uh, for Minnesota's key players. Carl uh, Anthony Towns led the way with 24. He had 12 boards as well. Anthony Edwards with 23 tonight, nine rebounds, four assists. 
and D'Angelo Russell had 23 coming in off the bench. I mean, it was really those three guys that just gave the Jazz fits tonight. And it's, you know, we talked about it, the, the game earlier this year. It was very reminiscent. Uh, and what's really difficult, a game like this and teams like this, is they really can, if they can get, um, you know, those points off turnovers and then they did a great job of just getting the Jazz in tough defensive spots. Um, you know, Rudy was not able to help as much. And uh, they hurt the Jazz on the glass, too, in that second half. Uh, had some pretty timely offensive rebounds. Again, Rudy goes to contest a shot. There's missed blockouts left, right, and center. So there's a lot of things tonight that the Jazz can look at as, as reasons why uh, this didn't go their way. They were out-rebounded 47-45 to 45, uh, on the offensive glass, 11-9. I mean, and some of these numbers are one-sided, too, because the Jazz played so well in the first quarter. You know, it covers up just how badly kind of the collapse was. They had 18 points in the second quarter, 16 in the third, and only 22 in the fourth. So, I mean, even in the fourth quarter where they, you know, pushed it close and outscored the T-Wolves 22-19, to 19, it's not like they were prolific scoring the ball by any means. No, and a big part of that is the rhythm, too. Uh, you know, the rhythm you, you, you garner by – by just getting shot attempts and getting guys in a rhythm. And unfortunately, tonight the Jazz turned the ball over so many times it disrupted rhythm. Guys couldn't get into that. And, um, you know, at the, old, the end of the day, that was really the telltale sign was the Jazz. I mentioned at halftime, they had seven turnovers, had only given up eight points at that point uh, against uh, with those turnovers. But, man, that became a huge issue in the second half. All right, let's go ahead and hear from the coach. Let's send it down to the media room and hear from Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. All right, we'll go ahead and get started here. Our first question will come from Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, coach, well, you had such a great first quarter, a 17-point lead. And what happened and what did Minnesota do? What problems did they pose for you guys? Well, the, the first couple of minutes of the game, you know, we turned the ball over. And we gave up a couple offensive rebounds. And then, you know, we had a stretch where we were really good in the glass. And, you know, we took care of the ball and got good shots. And then, you know, as the game progressed, um, we fell back into that and ended up with, you know, with 20 turnovers. And I don't know, I think 20 second chance points. You know, if we're going to give them 40% of their points, on the offensive glass and, you know, our, our turnovers, we're going to make it hard on ourselves. And it impacts our, our offense too, because, you know, it's difficult for us to run, um, you know, and get spaced and they're, they're a long athletic team. So if you're in the half court, you know, they're hard to, hard to play against. They eat up a lot of space and, and make it difficult. All right. Next question, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. And we saw you call that timeout just a minute or two into the game to kind of address those early issues that you mentioned. And then, as you say, you know, you sink back into them as the game progresses. Is it just an effort thing or, or what is what do those issues come down to on a night like this? Well, I, I think it's focus as much as anything, however you want to categorize that. But, um, you know, th th this is not something that that we're – unaware of um, and it just has to you know it has to be important every possession um, it can't just be important during certain parts of the game and that's going to be crucial for us um, you know 
to, to, to win and particularly to win close ball games. If we're giving up, um, you know, we're giving up that many possessions, uh, you make it, you know, virtually impossible. You have to almost be perfect in other aspects of the game. Uh, next question, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. When it comes to the 20 turnovers, what, I mean, where does that come from and how do you kind of solve that? Is it about simplifying the, you know, kind of making the decisions easier or I, I, I guess kind of explain what, what you'd want to see on that, that part of the ball. Well, some of it's as simple as just, it sounds simplistic, but just like, don't, don't turn it over and whatever you have to do in a given possession to not do that. Um, and it's collective, you know, obviously there's somebody with the ball that's either making a pass, um, but it's everybody spacing for each other um, so that you have those angles. You know, when you have players that, that are long, the you know, passes are more difficult. You just have to be more precise. Um, whether you have to be stronger with the ball, you have to use fakes more, um, you have to be more disciplined uh, to not to not make those mistakes. And, you know, I thought we got, you know, I, I think four minutes left in the second quarter, we had a pretty good sized lead and we just have a tendency to get loose with the ball at times. And, you know, Minnesota had, a, you know, had a role in that. I thought that they, you know, became really aggressive. Um, they started switching more, um, which made it more difficult for us to attack because they kind of built a perimeter. Um, but that's just when we have to be more determined to, to take care of it. And a lot of times for us, it's, you know, if we pass up a shot, um, you know, we pass up an opportunity to, to make a three and we drive into traffic. And at that point, you know, the, the percentages go way, way down, particularly for a team that shoots it as well as we do. Um, and whether that's being prepared to shoot or, you know, the accuracy of a pass hitting someone, you know, in a shooting pocket where they can get the shot. Um, if the pass is errant, you know, oftentimes you won't be able to get a shot, particularly if you've got, you know, six, eight closing out on you with the high hand. So um, it's a little bit of everything, um, but as much as anything, it's just, it's got to continue to be a focus and we've got to continue to make it um, important and more and more important. All right. Last question, Ryan Miller, KSL. Hey, Quinn, I'm just curious. Do you notice a difference when there's only two officials in the game? You know, we've had this happen a couple times. And, you know, to be honest with you, I, I hadn't really focused on the officiating right now until you brought it up because I, you know, was kind of engrossed in some of the other things we're talking about. But it's certainly harder for them. You know, I don't know. You know, I know some about the mechanics um, but they have mechanics for a reason and they're trained that way for a reason. So I'm sure it's harder on them. Um, but, you know, I thought they did, you know, an excellent job of really doing the best job that they can. All right. Thank you so much, coach. There you go. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Um, it, it, interesting. Uh, you heard Andy asking him about the turnovers and I, I love coaches oversimplification of, uh, I shouldn't say oversimplification, but a simplification of, well, you just can't turn it over. And then he gets more specific. But it reminds me of a, a quote he had a couple of years ago, and I always laugh when I think about it, where he said, you know, you don't throw that pass because there's a guy there. You know, it's, it makes you laugh, but it probably is really that simple. You know, don't get cute with it. You, uh, when we were listening to uh, to those comments right there, you said, make the easy play. Don't make the hard play.
Yeah, and that's really an easy way to kind of get your team to do it. I think, you know, the Jazz have been so good at driving the ball with their eyes out, and that's been something we've talked about all year long. And they've done a great job of utilizing the drive and kick for threes. You know, catch-and-shoot threes are so good for this team. Um, but, again, credit Minnesota because they they understood that. And that corner, that drift pass to the corner, they sat on that thing. I mean, that takes discipline to do that. Um, and then they also did a good, good job of, of kind of running through that t- pass back to the top. Um, and so where the Jazz perhaps could have maybe changed it is um, – you know, a, a play that doesn't necessarily lead right to a shot. You know, you, you, if like Rudy on a roll, uh, we've seen it where he'll catch it and quickly get rid of it. Those are kind of plays, those hockey assists that you, you kind of count on there. But I think it had a lot to do with the Jazz being casual. And I also believe it had a lot to do with the game plan and the execution of the Timberwolves. Sometimes uh, we have a tough time inter- interpreting the points in the paint when it comes to how the, the game went, but I think uh, tonight will really stand out to you. Uh, points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Um, Jazz outscored in the paint tonight, Tim. 56-26. to 26. Wow. That is, that, that's staggering right there. We'd have to go double-check, but I think that's got to be a season low for points in the paint. Oh, for sure. 26? I mean, And the deficit. The deficit by 30? Yeah. Yeah, that's not a good night. Not a good night. Not at all. All right. I uh, want to remind you about our friends, Mark Miller, Subaru Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. 101 to 96 is your final Jazz fall at home to the Timberwolves. We'll get you more sound from the postgame coming up next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe, with you. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. One hundred one to ninety six is your final Jazz fall at home to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Let's get into your master of the glass tonight. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert. Here for another great year of basketball and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 to the United Way of Utah for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Your uh, Master of the Glass tonight, as usual, Rudy Gobert. 17 boards for Rudy tonight, 10 offensive or ten defensive, 7 offensive. Uh, Rudy added a block and 9 points. Um, elsewhere on the boards, uh, Royce O'Neal had 7 Jordan Clarkson had five, which usually means automatic uh, win for the Jazz, but not tonight. Five assists for Jordan, too, which also usually means automatic win. And the Jazz had a 10-0 run and lost. So our uh, our normal Stats are taking a hit. Kind of signifiers of when the Jazz win didn't uh, work out tonight. No, they didn't. And, you know, it's crazy because I lived forever in this game where, you know, the expectation is, hey, this is a game you should win. This is a game you should win, and we say it all the time, but these are pros. And I'll tell you what, this Timberwolves team is talented, uh, and where they're really good is when they get down to the end of a game, they got a couple different guys. You know, we talk about Donovan being the Jazz closer. they got a couple guys that can do it. Edwards can do it, but D'Angelo Russell did it in both games. Um, tonight, the Timberwolves led by three. The Jazz needed a stop. Yep. The minute 20 left, and 
Um, you know, they, they brought Bogdanovich into a switch, and Russell did exactly what he did in this building on December 26th, just dribbled to his left, pulled up, hit that little two. So, uh, you know, their, their ability to kind of close out games, uh, in these, at least against the Jazz, has been really good. And on the Jazz part, they had some really good looks. And and coming down the stretch, Conley had a couple that just didn't go down. Royce had a wide open look, and I don't know what he was shooting at, but that <laughs> that did not that was a that was not a close miss. Let me put it that way. Uh, so the Jazz had some looks, they just didn't go in. But this was not a game I you're coming away with and saying, "Wow, they deserve to win," but came up short for whatever reason. I mean, just it wasn't there. It's interesting Quinn used the term focus yeah. and the importance of having that focus throughout the entire game. I think it's something we talk about Rudy all the time. Uh, Rudy does have that. But even Rudy tonight, you know, the Timberwolves attacked him. More than teams I've seen attack him this year. Kind of went right at him. He had one block, but it, there were several shots that people don't typically take that they were able to finish tonight. So that focus and determination throughout, you know, 48 minutes instead of just uh, – you know, as a team being in it, being out of it, um, that's going to be a huge step for this team to be what they want to be. You're totally right. D'Angelo Ru- uh, Russell had a floater that he shot over Rudy that I swear almost hit the scoreboard. It went up so high and it managed to go down. I mean, we just don't see – you're right. We don't see teams attack Rudy like that and certainly don't see teams have that kind of success. So their mindset, obviously on both ends, was to be really aggressive and to attack the Jazz. You know, defensively – um, really almost two to the ball on a ball screen, make the Jazz throw it out, sat on those passes, did a nice job offensively, spread the Jazz out, drive them, um, you know, attack attack Rudy. And, um, again, typically the aggressor in a game will usually win. Uh, and they were the aggressor tonight. Didn't shoot the ball great. Again, 9 for 38 from 3, 23.7%. When you just look at the three-point numbers, you wonder how in the world they could win. The great equalizer tonight, offensive rebounds and turnovers. All right, let's uh, get some more post-game sound going. Let's go back down to the media room and hear from Rudy Gobert. Um, we'll get started with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Rudy. So this is the second time you guys have played the Wolves, and they've been pretty aggressive and physical on defense both times. Uh, what's kind of been the consistent issue in these two games that you've played against them? I think the two games were really different. You know, tonight uh, I thought our defense were, were was good, except when we turned the ball over and, uh, you know, when we gave up offensive rebounds, they only scored about 100 points and probably 40 points off, you know, the 20 turnovers and, uh, and the ball. So, you know, um, we just couldn't, you know, find a way to score. And, yeah, you know, especially the second half. They got to give them credit. I mean, they played hard. They played with energy, and uh, you know, they they forced us into a lot of uh, a lot of turnovers. You know, and I think uh, losing one of the officials probably played a big part in that too. Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Rudy, is it at all concerning at this point in the season to see such different quarters and different halves? I mean, it's, it's basketball. You know. Um, uh, the positive thing is that I felt like we we stayed locked in defensively, and uh, I felt like our defense was, was you know, uh, even down the stretch. I mean, we got the stops we we kind of needed, we just couldn't score, you know. So um, sometimes it's going to be night like this. You know, the the most important thing for us is to um, you know watch the film and uh, you know try to understand what what we can do better. Uh, 
you know. But I, you know, I really felt like the yeah, it was it was it was a weird game, you know, physical game. The yeah, they were kind of you know grabbing, holding, and you know, and uh, the game kind of went went that way, and uh, you know, and and then you know we lost uh, we lost the handle of the game. All right, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, you had five of the 20 turnovers. I'm curious kind of what, when you go back and watch that, when that happens, you know, and see the defense collapse on you, what is it that you kind of want to do differently or better to kind of avoid those things? I mean, I think there's like, a, I mean, obviously the travel, uh, the travel, I didn't watch it. I don't know, it was probably a travel. Um, and then there's like two times when I'm trying to keep the ball high and I can't even pass the ball because someone is grabbing my arm. So it's uh you know I gotta you know watch like once again I'm gonna watch the film and see uh what I can do better you know I know that there's some plays when I should have uh, I should have finished much stronger you know and I feel like I got fouled but if I if I go strong I think it's easier for the official to to see the call and you know and uh, and to make the call so you know it's on me and uh, you know and uh, the the stronger I go up you know the 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 more likelihood they're gonna you know, probably a blow the whistle. All right, Ryan Miller, KSL, last question. Yeah, Rudy, you, you mentioned this, but kind of how different is a game when it is only two officials um, besides the three? I mean, it can go either way, you know, and uh, tonight he went the, kind of the wrong way, in a way, you know, the, I mean, uh, I'm not an official, and uh, I know it, it's not an easy job, you know. It's probably really hard to, you know, see that many things at the same time when you when you lose one of your teammates. Uh, I just feel like it really, uh, I mean, it really affected us in the wrong way tonight. Uh, not saying that we would have won the game, but uh, especially down the stretch, you know, and uh, especially me personally, when you know guys are just bumping me, grabbing me, it's, it makes it tough. But once again, it's. You know, it's not an excuse, and you know, and uh, we when teams get physical, and even if they foul you, uh, it's on me to, it's on us to be able to play through that, uh, and you know, to to keep our composure and uh, find a way to you know keep taking care of the ball, and and you know, and we did that at some game, we did that, we found some shots, we got to the line, you know, but uh, we just couldn't do it down the stretch. All right, thank you. That's all. There's Rudy Gobert. Uh, you know, Rudy's going to tell you what he thinks, as always. And excuse me, when you look at his uh, his number, his line tonight, he had five turnovers, and uh, you saw that every time he caught the ball. I mean, they would swipe at it, and the, Rudy was just not getting that call. He said, "You know, how is he supposed to pass when somebody's grabbing his arm?" And you saw that a bunch tonight. And I think he was careful not to to kind of toe the line. He didn't want to make it sound like an excuse, but you could tell it was bothering him. Yeah, that's, that's got to bother you. And, and anytime something's out of the ordinary, you know, I think there was a play where David said that Joe went to complain to the official and the official wasn't even, you know, because they, they, they are in different spots with a two-man crew than a three. So when he looked and started to complain, the official wasn't even there. So it's got to be different. And uh, it, it was certainly something that the Timberwolves took advantage of tonight. Again, it was not the... It was not the reason why the Jazz lost this game. Let's be real clear. Um, but it, it was one of the things that helped the style of play that the Timberwolves chose to employ tonight successful. There was one play where uh, Mike Conley had to line up behind Ricky Rubio to complain to the referee. 
I don't know if I've ever seen that really. Where both teams need to be like, take a number. <laughs> hey, hang on there, Mike. I gotta, I gotta get in his ear about this one here for a second. You can go next. It's just, it's impossible situation for those referees. And you know, the Jazz didn't play very well tonight. I mean, it was. I think that that was the thing about Rudy. He he brought off the refs a few times. We can't get Bob bogged down talking about the referees. They should not be. Jazz should beat this Timberwolves team. They should beat them on Monday. I know Lock and Boone, and uh, and we were talking about that during crosstalk. Uh, you know, I expect the same from the Timberwolves, but I expect the Jazz to play better on Monday. Yeah, the, the Jazz should beat the Timberwolves if no officials show up and and you call your own. I mean, that's how that's how much better they are than this team. Um, you know, if, if we got a memo from the NBA said, "Hey, the officials aren't going to make it, but we're going to call our own," the Jazz should win that game. All right, let's get some more post-game sound going. Let's go back down to the media room, and let's hear from Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, first up, we'll have Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Boyan. So you guys had 20 turnovers tonight, uh, 11 offensive rebounds, leading to 20 more second-chance points. How do those things happen? Quinn, Quinn said that there was maybe a lack of focus from one possession to the next. Is that something you agree with? I mean, I'm agree. I think that uh, our wings got to do a better job boxing out and, and being on a, on a help side. And, and like Quinn said, be focused every, every single time trying to box out the people instead of going for the for the rebound without any any contact. So yeah, like like you said, it's tough to win half of their points or from from our turnovers and uh and their offensive board. So tough loss for us. Next question, Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. So if you when you look at the moments down the stretch, is this really the first night that you've missed Donovan's presence? I mean no matter if we are winning or losing, we, we miss his his presence. Just just to be there and, and and lead our team. Just by by his presence, he don't have to be there to hit a clutch clutch shot. But just knowing that that he is there and you got a guy that you can rely on, it's 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 big time for us. So like I said, no matter if we lose or win, we are really really missing him. All right, and last question is from Juan Baracco out of Uruguay. Boyan, how are you? Uh, do you mind if I ask you a question in Spanish? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Eh, primero que nada, eh, bueno, el, primer, el próximo rival es Minnesota nuevamente en condición de visitante. Eh, personalmente esta derrota se sintió un poco como un déjà vu de lo que fue la derrota al principio de la temporada también en casa contra los Minnesota Timberwolves. Eh, ¿Qué crees que debe mejorar el equipo para que no sea una, una terce, un tercer capítulo en, en, una, en una serie de derrotas contra, contra un equipo que está tan debajo en el, en el oeste? Gracias. Es que año, año pasado hemos perdido contra, contra ellos a casa, a casa también. Entonces hay tres, tres derrotas contra, contra ellos en, en nuestra casa. Año, año pasado hemos ganado ahí. Hay que, hay que jugar mejor. Es que 20 balones perdidos es 20, 20 tiros más para, para nosotros. Y como ha dicho antes, que, que 20, 20 puntos que ellos 
tenieron después de, de, de rebote ofensivo es, es mucho, casi, casi mitad de, de, de puntos fue de, de esas dos maneras. Entonces hay que, hay que estar más, más concentrado por los dos lados y lo que ha dicho, hay 20, 20 balones perdidos en casa es mucho. Entonces hay que, hay que tirar dos tiros en, en, en como se dice, instead of, instead of giving, giving the ball to them. Okay. Thank you. That's it for, for us. All right. Yeah. All right. There you go. A little Spanish from Boyan Bogdanovich. You just looked it up over there. He's a, he knows four languages. Knows four languages, Croatian, English, Italian, and Spanish. That's awesome. I have so much respect. You know, I have so much for respect for, you know, foreign players that, you know, when they talk to the media, this is public speaking. I mean, they're talking to, you know, in the case of this show, you know, thousands and thousands of people. It, it's That can't be easy to get up and do in a language that's not uh, your first. No, you got to have some confidence. Yeah. You got to be willing to uh, fall on your face a little bit. If you can imagine us having to go play somewhere else or, or go work somewhere else, and uh, one of the parts of our job is to get on radio and communicate in that language. It's, it's, it's impressive. And, um, again, we see these guys simply between the lines, but there's a lot to their lives for sure. Hey, Bogdanovich, I know it's a loss and nobody's in a good mood, but uh, he was really good tonight. He had 30 points, 11 of 20 shooting, 7 of 13 from 3, had 4 rebounds, 2 assists. And, um, you know, for folks that are worried about Bogdanovich getting it back, he's, he's played well for a minute now. Made a really clutch 3 to give the Jazz yeah. the lead. Um, and, and we've made that note. He is way better with the one dribble stepping to his right than to his left. Um, I think his percentage has to be way better. I, I can just by watching it when he goes left, it very rarely goes in. But right, he's making that thing. All right. We want to remind you about our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation pre Subaru retailer, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Find out more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final score. Jazz lose to the Timberwolves 101 to 96. We'll get you more sound coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Jazz followed the Timberwolves tonight 101. To 96, losing to the T-Wolves for the second time this season at home. Let's get a look at your three-point feature sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. And uh, this stat certainly uh, tonight, Tim, points out um, kind of how the game went. Jazz were 19 of 47 uh, from three for 40%, which overall isn't, uh, isn't a bad number. But they made nine of those threes in the first quarter. Yeah, they did. They got off to a great start, and we talked about the importance of that. The Jazz is kind of getting some distance, but um, with any kind of good run needs to be, you know, consistency. And unfortunately, the Jazz led by as many as 17 in this game, um, but could not maintain that consistency throughout. Uh, made a nice run in the fourth quarter. Uh, but when you put it up to chance, especially against guys who can really kind of uh, string out possessions, get the exact switch they want, and then go play, you know, that makes, it really does, you know, if you're not kind of uh, more aggressive early, you're kind of flipping the coin late. Um, you know, to talk about the Timberwolves for a second here, I, I thought their aggressive defense was really, really good. I'm coming away from this game super impressed with Anthony Edwards. 
Um, he had 23 points, 9 of 19 shooting, 4 of 10 from 3. Considering he's a low 30% three-point shooter, certainly you'll take 4 for 10. Uh, nine boards, four assists, but uh, he had five steals as well, which is pretty remarkable. But um, got a lot of, uh, I, I don't know, he's got a lot of guts, it feels like. His his game has a lot of self-confidence, aggression to it. And and maybe he's not scoring 30 a game right now, but that, that might be in his future. I mean, the way he plays, he plays with a lot of uh, a lot of self-confidence for sure. Again, when you realize he's 19 years old, going through his first season, um, and, and there are parts of a game he certainly needs to refine, but the one piece he has, and it's not a piece that typically translates well, is that physical part of the game. His ability to take a hit, um, whether it be in penetration, you know, getting knocked off his line, or when he goes to finish, you know, that's where he is so good, and that's where he's kind of got a leg up on all the other young guys in the league because he's got that part of his game down. Now it's just a matter of refining it, um, becoming a little bit more efficient, but I love his motor, I love his energy, and I love his confidence. 6'4", 225 pounds. Solid. 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 And I, I shared with you the story, it was a couple of years ago, um, and we talked about it last time the T-Wolves the came to town, but Edwards, uh, I had the opportunity to watch an AAU game, and this is before, you know, this is probably his junior year, um, and I walked in to watch a game that was going to happen right after the one he was playing in, and sat down next to the great Leonard Hamilton at Florida State. And I leaned over at Hamilton, and we were talking back and forth, and, and he said, uh, I said, who are you watching? He's, he pointed out Edwards, his Georgia team from Georgia. And he said, that kid right there is going to be the number one player in the draft in a couple of years. And, you know, I, I actually had not seen a whole lot of him, um, but I sat and watched him the last few minutes of that game and certainly put on my radar. And lo and behold, he that's exactly what he became. Yeah, he's he's a player. He has not gotten the headlines uh, LaMelo Ball has gotten, and uh, maybe that's because LaMelo's team's a little bit better. Um, and he's a ball, after all, which you're going to have a certain amount of spotlight. But I, I'm super impressed with him. I think he's absolutely got a future. Yeah, he's he's got all of those pieces that you can't coach. Now you, the fun part is you get to coach all the other right. stuff. And I think you've got kind of a mixture of a, a Jim. I think you've got a Jimmy Butler-type guy. You know, That's, that's kind of what I see with him. All right, let's get some more post-game sound. Let's go back down to the media room and hear from Mike Conley. Uh, we'll go ahead and uh, start off with Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Hey, Mike, there was a, a lot of stuff that kind of went wrong for you guys tonight, especially on the offensive glass and with the turnovers. Is, is this one where you'll go back and watch the film or you kind of want to move past this one? No, this is one we need to watch. You know, it's one that um, it's a re reoccurring situation uh, with a lot of teams where they're, you know, trying to crash the glass, trying to get extra possessions, um, trying to turn us over to get easy, easy opportunities and transition because, uh, you know, nobody really wants to get into a half court situation, uh, you know, with Rudy back there and our defense kind of set. So uh, it, it, it's another game where we have to learn from it. We have to learn from our mistakes. We all, you know, had our times in the games where, um, we wish we would have made a different decision or, you know, gave a little bit more effort. So um, it'll be a good, good, uh, a good film session for us to look at. Okay. Next up, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Mike, was it kind of a game long thing or, or did Minnesota change something? I mean, it's a pretty drastic difference going from 40 in the first quarter to 56 over the next three. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they changed a little bit. They started switching a little bit more uh, deeper in the clock. But, um, you know, a lot of it, you know, 
we things we can we can change. I think guys got a little fatigued at points and um and we just tried to do too much in certain situations and uh we made plays a half second too late um as opposed to you know being on the money with our passes and and those situations can lead to turnovers and and you know compounded mistakes so um it, it, you give them credit for for the way they you know came out with energy and their you know just the way they played uh but a lot of it you know we can control and um i expect us to be better at uh, next, we have Ryan Miller, KSL. Hey, Mike, not really a question about the game, but I wanted to get your take on what you're going to be doing with the Oscars tomorrow. Are you going to be watching? Are you excited? And what was kind of the reaction? I know the team watched the movie together uh, this late last week. How was that? Uh, yeah, I'll be I'll definitely be tuned in and watching. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people are involved in that. And um, it's a great, a great accomplishment to even be nominated. So definitely going to be tuned in, but, um, I thought the team, uh, and the coaching staff and everybody who was involved, you know, really enjoyed, you know, the film and being able to, to get its messaging behind it. And, um, you know, I just appreciate them taking the time to, to, you know, sit there and watch it. And especially in the time that we're living in right now, and, you know, had a lot of situations in that, in that short film that are still going on, um, even as of last week. So, I'm just uh, thankful for the guys to sit there and have the conversation, um, you know, ask questions and just keep the dialogue going. Uh, Tony Jones, The Athletic. Mike, when a team, uh, when a team extends its ball pressure uh, the way Minnesota did, not only tonight, but, you know, that, that the, the first night in December or whatever, how do you guys combat that and, and and how can you guys combat that, you know, not only with the ball pressure, but with them switching everything, especially up top and on the perimeter? Well, I think when teams are being aggressive with you, you have to be aggressive uh, on the offensive end as well. Like the reason why teams can pressure us like that is we're trying to run a play or we're trying to get into a certain set or, um, you know, instead of doing that, like just we got to blow by guys or we got to, you know, be strong with the ball in those situations and, and play through it and be physical and, and be right, you know, punch right back. So um, I think in those, those periods of time, we just have to have to play with more force, um, force with cutting force with passes, you know, be, be pinpoint. Uh, Cause those are opportunities to, you know, use their aggressiveness against them, whether it's back cuts or um, different kinds of situations we can get into. So uh, yeah, you know, I think that teams are going to do that. Teams are going to pressure us, you know, teams have pretty much thrown everything at us all year and, we found ways to get get by, but you know, there's always a you know a game or two that gives us another lesson uh, to be learned. All right, and last question, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Mike, how do you guys weigh taking the open shot versus kind of driving and and you know in, into the paint a little bit and probing from there? You know, kind of how do you make that decision? Man, you know, I think it's it's just the you know each individual each individual guy has their you know their zones in the game where they, they feel like they're, you know, too deep in the paint where they need to make a play or a guy might feel that, you know, the next, the next best, best shot is a one more pass to the top of the key. You know, it's just each guy is different, but we do get in modes where um, the first shot might be the best shot. You know, we get, we might have to take that. And uh, we had plenty of opportunities with that tonight and, you know, guys, we kind of overpassed it. And by the time the ball got, you know, swung back around, they were matched back up. Uh, to their man. So um, those are situations that you, you know, you, you love to hate in a situation, in, in a sense, but um, 
you know, we have to be more selfish in some points of the game and, and look to shoot it because we have so many good guys on the outside. Okay, thanks for your time, Mike. There's Mike Conley. Uh, Mike tonight had 18 points, seven assists, had a couple of rebounds, four steals as well. Tim, talk to us a little bit about what he was saying on how Minnesota adjusted. They started switching a little bit more, pressuring more on defense. Uh, talk to us about what you do to combat that. What was Mike uh, saying right there? I thought exactly what uh, you know, Coach talk, Coach Snyder talks about all the time. And uh, it, it is you. If they're going to be aggressive with you, you have to really kind of turn the tables. And um, we've seen it before where the Jazz have really kind of abused teams that are trying to be aggressive with them by just driving it and playing more downhill on direct lines. Tonight, what the Jazz kind of got stuck in is they really kind of got in no man's land. They got in the middle of a, uh, a ton of pressure, um, and then they, they looked off of one foot or, or kickouts, you know, to, to throw that pass. And really, at the end of the day, they probably, if they just keep going, if they keep, just keep driving, it collapses the defense, and then those passes are there. So I think it's something like he said, the, the film study will be helpful. It will be painful because this is a game they did not, have any uh, feeling that they were going to lose. So it's going to be painful, but they'll, they'll, they'll get something from it. And, and that will probably be the most important thing they get from it. All right, let's get some stat nuggets, uh, courtesy of our friend Tyson Ewing. Of course he does stats for AT&T Sportsnet for the television broadcast. And he shares a few with us after every game. You can follow him on Twitter at Ty Ewing two, uh, a few nuggets from Tyson tonight. Jazz fall to 34-2 and two when they have a run of at least 10-0. It's the second time in four games they've lost while having a 10-0 run. Wow. Yep. So we're, we're flipping the old nuggets tonight. Yep. How about this one? The Jazz now fall to 0-2 this season when they score 40 or more in the first quarter. The other time it happened, they had 42 in their home loss to the Wizards. So don't score 40. Is what you're telling Keep me. Keep it under. Score 38, guys. 39 is fine. No you 40. see Coach dialing on, dial on the back like, hey, 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 don't score for a couple possessions. Let's keep it in the 30s. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. Uh, Utah had the fourth longest streak in the NBA since 1991 by scoring 100 points in 49 consecutive games. The streak ended tonight. The last time they scored less than 100 was January 10th at Detroit. Yeah, that was a kind of a bad combination of you know, turnovers and missed shots. And, uh, you know, the one, the one play I'll think about, Royce was wide open in that corner, like you mentioned. And I don't know if the carrier kicked in or what it was, but the ball did something. I haven't, I mean, it was, it was way off. Um, and it was just kind of, that was a perfect analogy for how the night went. Or Somebody whatever. opened the door in the tunnel. Yeah. yeah it, a little like bit that. early and <laughs> the wind something sailed. Uh, all right. Last one. And, and this is really something. This was only the third time in NBA history that a team has scored under 100 points with 19 or more made threes. That That is a remarkable one. That's an amazing stat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not you, much else going on. You make 19 threes, you should be over 100 points. Well, and, and the crazy disparity, too, the 19 for the Jazz and the 9 for 38 for Minnesota. I mean, if you just showed somebody those numbers, and you know, you could uh, – you could, that could be a parlor trick. Say, who, who won this game? Yep. That's, that's amazing, actually. Third time in NBA history that that's happened. In a bad way. Outlier. <laughs> Usually those stats that Tyson has gotten us, you know, blah, blah, blah in NBA history, they've all been good this year. That's, that one's not so much. Yeah, but you, you, you play long enough. You, Coach Rose told me this. You play long enough. You're, you're around this game long enough. You see everything. Yep. 
Sure do. Saw saw one of those tonight. That's for sure. Want to remind you about our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Find out more at markmillersubaru.com. Uh, 101-96 is your final Jazz fall to the T-Wolves tonight. Coming up next, we'll get Coach Lacombe's uh, final thoughts on this one before we look forward to Monday night's showdown with this very same Timberwolves team. Stay tuned. More next on the Jazz Radio Network. Ingles recovers with a left-hand dribble with white tape on his right wrist. He crosses over, gives to Conley. Ball fakes a Kobe, flies by, fires the three, and hits. Mike Conley is just outstanding right now. Our guy David Locke with your play of the game, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. Jazz fall tonight at the Timberwolves, 101-96. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. If you're just getting off work and joining us, uh, here's some stats for you to catch you up. Boyan Bogdanovich led the way for the Utah Jazz. 30 points tonight, 11 of 20 shooting, 7 of 13 from 3. Mike Conley, 18.7 assists. He had four steals, a couple of rebounds. Jordan Clarkson with 15 points, five assists, five boards. Rudy Gobert, nine points, 17 rebounds. Uh, he did have a block shot. Rudy uh, struggled with five turnovers. We talked about uh, his issues uh, as the Minnesota really aggressive, certainly when Rudy got the ball. The Timberwolves got uh, great play from their big three. Anthony Edwards with 23, Carl Anthony Towns with 24, and D'Angelo Russell with 23 coming in off the bench. He loves playing the Jazz. He played well back in December, too. He sure did. And he he's a, he's a confidence player. He's kind of a one-on-one isolation player. And in both games, he had very similar kind of out outcomes where he was he was kind of one in control. Uh, let's get uh, some final thoughts from you, Coach, uh, before we put this one to bed and look forward to this very same Timberwolf team on Monday night. I told you today I was doing yard work, and actually, neighbor came by and we had a little you know across the fence chat like the old uh, tool time, like home improvement or home improvement, yeah. Um, so we, we were talking and, you know, the, the topic of tough times and adversity kind of came up and, you know, being two older guys, we, we talked about, um, you never really would choose certain things to happen in your life. Um, but it's, it's really what you do as a result. And I think that is, is very similar to the jazz. This is not a game you can go back and, and play over. Unfortunately, not like a PlayStation, you can hit reset, um, you know, two minutes before the game's over and give another chance. The the Jazz had an opportunity tonight to to win a game, and they didn't. Uh, it was a painful loss. It was one that'll bug them. And, but really, if they, if they can learn through this, like Coach Snyder talked about, the focus aspect, consistency in your focus throughout the game, um, you know, being able to understand what to do when teams are really crowding you, causing you all sorts of issues, to be more aggressive, um, and then, you know, just the importance of playing every possession. It's really hard when you give up 20 turnovers um, because not only are you getting giving the other team an advantage, you're just not getting shots. And Minnesota had 10 more shots than the Jazz tonight. So, again, a lot of things to digest, a lot of things to learn. But if they don't let it destroy kind of what their goal is, you know, that, that goal is still attainable. I would guess that this is kind of maybe the – the good part about playing teams twice in a row like this is they'll have a day to chew on the film and figure out what they did wrong and get to 
another bite at the apple on Monday. Don't have to sit on it too long. Correct the mistakes and get out there and do it again. And if you talk about, um, you know, preparing what the playoffs are going to be kind of be like, this is a good opportunity where oftentimes in a playoff game, you know, something goes terribly wrong and you have a day to prepare and you go back to it again. And so the Jazz will have that opportunity against a team that's not a playoff team, but certainly has talent. Uh, they'll have to just answer the bell. Again, turnovers will be the key. We'll talk about it on Monday, but they've got to do, find a way against this team to get shots and not turn it over. Big thanks to Locke and Boone doing a great job calling all the action tonight as usual for those two. Thanks to Andrew Sorensen, our broadcast assistant. Thanks to Alex Lundberg. Lundy doing a great job, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Check out the, what is it, the Fat Daddies? Is that right? The ska band extraordinaire. Uh, that's Lundy's band. What do you play in the Fat Daddies, by the way? Uh, I play the trombone and sing backup vocals. Okay, I think I do that, actually, that you were a trombone <laughs> Great instrument. Uh, thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, title sponsor of the post game. Uh, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Coach Lacombe, thank you, buddy. Enjoy your Sunday. You too. Did you like my trombone? I did. Okay. That was great. Thank you. Uh, 101 to 96 is your final. Uh, Jazz fall to the Timberwolves up next. They play this very same Timberwolves team on Monday night in Minneapolis. That game will tip off at six o'clock. Pre-game begins at 5, and, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.